Give me sort of some more light in here. Is this no shave November or what? What's going on there? Right, it is. Wow. <laughs> November, baby. Can you start with like a like a three week head start like that? That's an incredible Dude, stash. I did a. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. And holy crap, dare I say, this is episode 50. Uh, Tyler, thanks for hopping on, man, especially last minute because I reached out to you today. How are you doing? Yeah. Doing good. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Glad to be here. Yeah, I was, I was commenting earlier offline, uh, your stash, man, pretty pretty <laughs> epic. You said you've been growing this out because of baseball season for the Dodgers? Yeah, Dodgers, and then uh, shaved it right before they lost the world series and uh going with november and it's a nice creepy uh <laughs> porn stash or whatever you want to call it so yeah uh when we yeah. see you this weekend you people will know it's, it's pretty pretty freaking epic <laughs> yeah caught me off guard <laughs> um well, well crazy I, I was so one thing i want to ask is the tribune was done in december right it wasn't november last year uh, it was February, right before Elite Round One. It was February. Yeah, February. Okay. So yeah, it's All been right. yeah, it's been uh, almost eight months, seven months. Okay, that makes a lot more sense because I was I was looking at because I, I listened to the the Tribune recap episode, which was seven. So I was like, how the how the heck did I get seven episodes in in December timeframe? I just couldn't put together the timeline, but February makes sense. I don't know why I thought November. Maybe because you've been saying. This year's is in, is in November, so yeah. But uh, it's a funny thing because, like, in in the the recap, which I think was one of the higher um, highest listened episodes of season two, it was season it was episode seven, and I said the silliest thing, which was going to take a break from the regular podcasting and venture off into recaps. And if I can pinpoint when I messed up. <laughs> And gotten into super crazy recap mode. It was because of the Tribune and because yeah. of the response to it, and just the realization that while there are dozens, if not maybe a couple hundred people, I want to interview throughout this the podcast course um, recaps events. Like there's just no shortage of, of content, and it's really cool to be able to kind of come back uh, full circle almost, uh, especially on the 50th episode, which I plan to do. You know, three part series. This being the precap what I can actually uh, capture or acquire while I watch and then, you know, the recap. So can't think of a better way to send off the season with that. Um, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive right in, man. So yeah. Um, you know, listen, again, listening to the seventh episode, you know, it, it sounded like you were, I don't want to say you were unsure of yourself because you'd already had the event, but it sounded like you, you kind of took, you had a lot of takeaways, you had a lot of feedback, you know, I was listening and looking at um, some of the changes you wanted to make. So let's go ahead and just start there um, off the bat. Um, the biggest change, obviously you, I think you said you gave credit to Derek Johnson for suggesting a draft. So that's the first one, right? Is the yeah. draft format. Yeah. I mean, um, I'd th been thinking about it and then Derek, you know, definitely put it into words and uh, into on Facebook. And so, uh, yeah, it just, it made sense. I wanted to do it. And especially when I came out with my player rankings, uh, you know, people were unhappy, upset, you know, whatever. You hurt their ego. And so this is a great chance to, you know, get a collection of the best players in the country and get them all in one space and get them all playing all three balls, which was 
originally, you know, that was what we ranked every player based off was a all three balls, but combined. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is kind of, you know, put your money where your mouth is type thing. And, you know, let's show you, show, show us all what you have and, and see where you really stack up now. And um, we have for our tournament tomorrow, we've, or sorry, this weekend, uh, it's not tomorrow. Um, we have eight female teams of uh, six players each. So 48 women. And then we've got uh, 12 male teams of, six guys each, so 72 men. And, uh, yeah, you know, we've got some of the best players in the country. There was also, you know, a couple players that just couldn't make the trip, but um, definitely can argue we have arguably the best collection of players in the country, similar to Elite, similar to any other tournament um, countrywide, UDC, all that stuff. So right in line with it all. Now, is this, was this what you first saw last year? Yeah, I mean, this is what I saw. First saw, I, um, I mean, the biggest difficulties was, and the the annoyances, the stress of it was having to reach out individually, having to set timelines, uh, having to sit there and set deadlines for players. Saying, you know, the first thing I would do is message them a ton of information because <laughs> I wanted them to know, and I'm like, you need to read everything. Please read everything to this message. Uh, you know, so it described what it was. It was going to be, you know, three divisions. It was going to be a draft. Um, and uh, it's going to be a two-day tournament. It's going to cost $100 a player to play. Wow. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, it is a little expensive. And because you're doing it, because I'm doing it for the whole country, you know, you got players that had to budget, you know, after a very expensive season of elite to sit there and budget more money for my tournament to come to L.A., and to do it here, um, you know, especially for those out of country, sorry, out of state uh, players. So, yeah, it's just a lot of, you know, deadlines, checking boxes, rechecking boxes, getting players to commit, then getting players to to pay, you know. Um, and as the process went on over the last, you know, seven, six, six months, I think, uh, you know, we had players commit and then have to back out. We had players that paid and had to back out. Uh, for whatever reasons, we had uh, captains that were confirmed lived in the lived in the area, but were part of worlds. Messed up their shoulders, had to back out. So, I've had to deal with a lot leading up to this tournament. It's been difficult, but um, we're here, and I'm glad. And uh, I just cannot wait for the weekend. And I hope it goes really well. I'm a typically I'm a perfectionist, uh, especially when I'm running things. So. We'll see how it goes, but I do have, um, I get to play in this one, and I do have Joe Colella, uh, who's part of Arsenal, and just an awesome player, and he is going to be running the tournament for me. Oh, wow. Uh, so, it's good for him. Uh, it's good to, It's good to have him. I do feel a little bummed because, you know, he can't play in it because he's helping me out. Obviously, he'd be able to play in it if he wasn't, but... Um, you know, this is a good chance for him to kind of make a name for himself as far as running tournaments. Um, you know, he's uh, got a lot of tools and skills uh, besides just dodgeball. And I think he's going to be, assuming he wants to be, he's going to be a great uh, asset to the dodgeball community moving forward with dodgeball tournaments and different things like that. He has already proven to me multiple times how he can really, he knows what he's talking about. He knows how to run a tournament. Um, and I'm just looking forward to basically having a smooth tournament. So, 
Awesome. Yeah. I mean, he, he really probably should benefit from this opportunity to make a name for himself. I've, I've never heard of this guy. Joe, <laughs> Joe Coella. Coella. <laughs> oh gosh. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of why, I don't know, maybe subconsciously, maybe deep down I knew, but like, you know, we, in the OG panel discussions, you know, we talk about playing until the wheels fall off. And I mean, unless you're like mid thirties to upper thirties, like you shouldn't be talking like that at all. But when you are, you kind of see the end in sight and you, you're kind of thinking like, how do I stay involved? And, um, it's, I think it's really cool. Not speaking for you, Joe, if you're listening, but there's an, there's an opportunity to still stay involved and still have an impact, like doing stuff off the court, like organizing tournaments. So, um, yeah, best of luck to you, man. And, and hope it goes well, hope it's run, um, you know, efficiently and, and holds up to par with last year's and with some of the, the better tournaments that we've been treated to these last, you know, four or five years. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see uh, Joe participate in some com- some capacity. Even though we both know he'd probably rather be playing on that court. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's, appreciate the sacrifice there, um, man. So, how many teams did you have last year? And it, for the open, it was it, it was open. So how many? It was open. Total? So we had 16 total teams, um, and uh, you know it was bring your own team. Uh, we did have a couple of you know, almost all female teams. Um, but, and then we played two divisions. We played no sting and foam. Um, but we did do things differently. Um, this year, uh, I've just seen the progression of foam and, uh, specifically it's like, I love foam. I've, it, it's been almost a 180 since the beginning of this year until now where it's probably my favorite ball style. Um, and that being said, um, it's so important to use the rules that should be standard. And so, you know, with that said, I mean, this tournament and any tournament moving forward that I run on foam wise is it's going to be all, you know, hundred percent WDBF world dodgeball federation, um, with their rules, their style, their court size, um, everything. And, and I say that because we didn't, we didn't actually use all their rules for my tournament, you know, back in February, um, we still used elite. We still used a form of elite rules. We did use the WDBF court size, but um, you know, specifically, we used their bur- uh, elite's burden rule, and um, you know, it's it's just a different rule for um, WDBF, where you know, anytime a ball is thrown, um, the the burden resets. Even the team that has four or five or you know, four or five balls, if the opposing team throws a ball um, to try and you know counter or snipe. Uh, the burden clock resets and uh, it makes it really easy for the refs um, counting wise for sure. And uh, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's just really important to, to follow a standardized form of rules. And um, yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, just, just looking at like the hype that you've created, um, you know, going from 16 teams in an open forum to both men's and women's divisions 20, with yeah, 20 teams, yeah, 20 teams total. And now you're pulling, players from all the regions um it's pretty impressive yeah. and it, it's pretty cool to see that this took off and it got the buy the buy-in that you had talked about in the previous episode you know almost a year ago and um you know granted you said you had some people like kind of drop off or, or flake out or whatever but for the most part it sounds like this is going to be right up there with those premier tournaments that you're talking about again not not even a year ago and looking at some of the things that you wanted to change because i wanted to have this opportunity to talk about that. You said the first point, next one will definitely be both men's and women's divisions. So good job there, man. Made that happen. Yeah. 
yep. uh, maybe change the, the ball style. So last year, was it just foam or was it foam and no so sting? So last year it was no sting and, and foam. So rubber's uh, the difference this time. Rubber's the difference this time. Um, and I just, you know, I mean, like I, I did, I, I included rubber because that's how we did the player rankings. Um, that's when I asked p- people, that's how we did the player rankings is we included foam, no sting, and, and uh, 8.5. So it just made sense. Uh, I know moving forward that I'm not going to let, I'm not going to do 8.5 moving forward. Um, as far as tournaments go, I'm going to let elite do that. That makes sense. Um, they've, you know, elite is the premier 8.5 tournaments throughout the country. And that's not going to change, um, you know, for the most part, anytime soon, uh, knock on wood for Mark, but, um, yeah, so I don't need to do that. What needs to continue what needs to grow and w- what there needs to be more tournaments of is no sting and foam and specifically with open teams, you know, uh, being able to have six guys uh, play. There is no, for the most part, there's no tournaments that, you know, allows six, six guys on the same team on the same court, you know, against another team, you know, uh, whether it's no sting or whether it's foam. Um, we see it in UDC, although that's only five on five. And we see it in the WDBF, that's, you know, six guys for foam, but that's about it. There's no other tournaments. And so that's the goal. Uh, that's the goal moving forward is, you know, being able to do what, what I just said. So Awesome. And so this is the only time we'll see 8.5, you said? For the Tribune, yeah. For the Tribune, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, because <laughs> you said maybe cloth. <laughs> Ha ha ha! And I said, "Don't you dare say that word." <laughs> I remember that very <laughs> yeah, vividly. Yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think cloth is going to possibly grow. Um, maybe people really want to get involved in the international scene, but if people don't feel like they want to do that, then it's hard. Though we already have three amazing ball styles, and that's really the truth of it. You know, every ball style that we play with, no sting foam. 8.5 is really fun for a lot of people. And even those people who are kind of burnt out on 8.5 love no sting, love foam. Those who are don't like foam, love 8.5, love no sting. And it's hard to sit there and bring in a fourth ball into three ball styles that are really continuing to grow or at least being consistent. Yeah. That so, maybe five or six people in the nation, like yeah, for now anyway, yeah, it's, before it's going to be tough, you know, I get chased by a pitchfork. So. Um, so you said, you said the rankings, uh, will, will this be like the basis of how the Tribune releases this coming year's rankings? Um, not really. I mean, we'll see. I, uh, you know, I've toyed with a lot of different ideas. I actually have yet to really, um, poll people. This was the, the, after this, I was planning on sending out a poll to, basically um, basically two people per team for um, who only went to nationals. So that way they at least got to see everyone countrywide. And so um, that's what I was planning on doing. I still think I'm planning on doing that, although things have changed <laughs> in a little bit here and there. But um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not really – it's just hard. You know, it's hard to sit there and say one tournament, does this decide the player rankings – and then you also throw in the fact that no matter what I do, people are always going to disagree with it. People are going to get mad at it. People are going to blame me, even though 
you're gonna have you at know, least I like kinda, 80 comments yeah yeah an even hour. though and and you know truthfully i deflected more than i should have for the player rankings last year and i think this year i might not this year i might just be like yep my name's to it whatever come at me you know like <laughs> let's get this over with because <laughs> whatever or, or get better i mean yeah get better yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's the argument that it's like, oh, it's a popularity contest, but it's also like, I mean, are people watching you light people up? Are people watching you catch everything? Are people seeing you at the Combine, on Team USA? Like, are you actually making big enough of a splash that other people yeah. recognize you? And, I mean, it's, when it comes to, like, ranking, you're just always going to have ego, but I guarantee you, man, some people are looking forward to it, and I double, oh, yeah. double guarantee you, people who pretend like they don't care do care. They're going to look, they're going to find out they're on there, and that's just what yeah. it is. Like, you're not going to satisfy everyone. I, I love the question that Chad Landrum had when he asked me to ask Mark, what's the hardest thing about keeping people happy? And I just said, to toot my own heart, he doesn't. <laughs> like, you don't keep everyone happy. Yeah. It's not no possible. one's going to be happy. Yeah, so you just got to just gotta soldier on. You just got to, you know, refine as you go, learn things, take the feedback. But just understand that you can have the most perfect, mathematically sound, logic-based incorporate algorithms just for the hell of it, you know, have this amazing ranking system and you're going to piss somebody off. It's just, it's just how yeah. it's going to be. So, but yeah, I, no doubt. I like it. I, 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 I couldn't care less about the millions of comments that happen. That's just social media. This is what it does. But I like that you're starting something. And we kind of talked about this, you know, in the past, like you're, I feel like you're helping build the foundation for there. I say it like a hall of fame, or for some of the things that I feel are lacking in dodgeball. Like we have the amazing caliber tournaments now. We have USA Dodgeball really stepping up the organizational game. But what do we have in terms of like stats and, you know, just the stuff that's really going to, I don't know, form the basis for like fantasy leagues or, you know, just give you that, that extra element of dodgeball engagement. So yeah, I'm all and for that's it. A, yeah, and that's the cool thing too for my tournament this week. Uh, this weekend we will have stats. Um for both men and women, for all divisions, it'll be split up in divisions. So you can sit there and, you know, I know nationals tried to do that a little bit. Um, it was kind of difficult because some teams just didn't want to do it, didn't have time to do it, didn't have extra people to do it. And for this tournament, we're really focusing on, you know, those teams that are not playing are going to be refing and going to be helping with stats. And um, so hopefully we'll have a nice, accurate um, database after. Um and uh, it'll be released to everyone so everyone can see. Um, so that's something that definitely is going to happen this weekend. And, uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be good. I'm excited about that. That's awesome. And is this, is this one day or two day? It's a two day. So Dang it. yeah, we will, we will be, uh, nine to 6 PM, 9am to 6 PM, both Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, yeah, all three divisions, uh, super excited. The you know we're using elite rules for eight point five and no sting. It'll be double double elimination, and then uh, for foam we're doing single elimination, but um, we're doing two ten minute halves. Um, so you know at least each team will get twenty minutes to play and kind of win as many games as they can in those twenty minutes. But uh, yeah, That's a lot of dodgeball. I only say dang it because that that alters my travel plans a little bit. But oh. <laughs> that's that's for me to worry about. <laughs> I'm sure once I get there, I'll, I'll probably love every minute of it. I, I'm going to say this for a very long time. I loved, absolutely love watching 
the Bells uh, tournament, nice. Bells of the Ball, because I, it dawned on me that I was never a true spectator to anything. And I was so looking forward to going to Worlds, and that was taken from me. So I'm kind of hoping that I'll feel that same sense of like magic and, and happiness of just being a true spectator and just being able to actually watch dodgeball without having to, anywhere to be. Um, so yeah, it should be fun. And I'm looking forward to seeing it for myself instead of on the couch watching somebody's live stream and also to piece together everything that you've, that you've done to, to add to this. So like even in your, what things I would like to change section of these notes that you provided last year is, you know, potentially doing a tribute nationals, um, maybe like Las Vegas two day tournament with no phone or no staying foam, 8.5 would have you. So it sounds like you really took this, um, feedback to heart and actually acted on it which again i said that earlier but i think that's really awesome um are you keeping going to the good things now will there be a food truck there there will not but there will not you know part of it was logistics as far as the venue i'm at um it is a very packed venue on weekends and uh there's just no space for a food truck basically um the but what I will be doing, and I I kind of s- stole this idea from the Seattle tournament that just happened uh, over the weekend, and I also got in trouble for stealing someone's photo, Alicia Demaniel's <laughs> photo of Ooh, uh, you don't the wanna, food. You yeah, don't upset her. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, don't. No, but it was wrong of me, so I should have I should have uh, given her credit. But anyways, the photo was of this food spread type thing, mm-hmm. and we will be doing that. So there will be free food for the players. Um, I mean, it's going to be basically snacks. It's going to be, you know, croissants, nutritional bars, and it's going to be a lot of it. Bananas, water, um, a veggie platter, cookies, nice. some chips, some also non-nutritional stuff, but just things to get us through the day. And... Uh, you know, because it is tough. You know, I basically I'm giving the players a 30 minute lunch break. It's kind of difficult to, uh, you know, figure out what they're going to eat, how they're going to get it. You know, they can do Uber Eats or whatever, but even then, they'd have to order it like during the end of the last, you know, the, the first division. So right. it's just difficult. That's always difficult with tournaments is eating, and uh, so we're going to provide that. So that'll be good. It's awesome. Yeah, so so no food truck, but food spread. Um, that's pretty awesome. I mean, any attempt to to think about stuff that's outside of dodgeball is is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and it's also you know it's also it's important to pamper the players. I think that's yep. really one of the things I've learned the most this year. And I kind of gave Mark crap, and I shouldn't have for elite. Um, but I just you know player safety has been a lot on my mind, and also and that includes food, and that includes pampering the players, making sure that they're safe, making sure that they're happy with the product. I mean, we do, this is a product. We are providing a product. These tournaments are a product and the players, you know, if we don't have a good product, the players aren't going to come, the players aren't going to play. So we have to provide that. And, um, you know, some easy way to do that is spend two to 300 to $400 on some food, um, that the players have already paid into and give it back to them, you know, same thing with the money, you know, so for my tournament, um, I am, uh, we are going to have, you know, there's three divisions. So there's going to be three division winners as well as an overall tournament winner. And each division winner along with the tournament winner is going to win $600. So that is, um, $2,400 given back to the players for the men. And this is going to be the same thing with the women, um, that they'll get $2,400. So we're giving back $4,800, um, you know, of the money that we got, uh, for this tournament. 
So it's just one easy way to to sit there and and uh, you know make sure that the players know that this is about them. It's their product, and and uh, if they're not happy, then we've got to change things. We've got to make sure that the majority is happy and and content. For sure. Kind of a definitely stirring the pot question. Do you like? I, I totally believe and agree with you when when you say like we need to pamper the players and put together a good product. But do you feel like that's just going to contribute to the sense of entitlement that some of these players have and are developing in terms of like not wanting to help ref, not wanting to help pick up, not help, not wanting to do any of the many things that I know Jake and Mark are just pulling their hair out with frustration because of these high caliber, high level events where they're trying to put together a good product, but at the same time, it's like breeding this sense of like, I don't know what the word is other than entitlement. Do you feel like that's contributing to that or helping, or are you just not worried about that for this tournament? You know, I definitely, um, I definitely know that I agree with Mark and Jake. It definitely, it does help, um, to the entitlement aspect of things, but I just think, you know, you have to let the players know that they're cared about and you have to verbalize it often. Um, you know, people are just, people need to be continually praised. Um, otherwise things are going to die. You know, people are going to stop doing what they do. And, um, so this is one form of praising them. This is one form, you know, it just, they have to be cared about. So I, you know, at the end of the day, I sit there and be like, yeah, some are going to feel entitled, but majority hopefully will be like, dude, this is a great tournament. I want to be, yeah, I want to make sure that this continues to run. You know, I've had some players who normally don't necessarily help out that much and they've wanted to help out and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just been good, um, to do, you know, it's just important to make sure that players and stuff like that are cared about. Yeah. Like I said, man, I, before I even started the question, I, I totally agree with what you're doing with, with what you mean, but I think maybe just because of, and this is no offense to Jake and Mark in any, in any way, but I think just because of talking to them in depth for so many, so many times in episodes, I, I don't want to say it's rubbing off on of me, but I'm more aware of it now than I, than I used to be. And I could just hear them potentially saying, no, don't pamper them. <laughs> They've had enough already. Um, but that, again, I, I don't want to, stir the pot too much because I, again, I agree. And with, uh, with Ballas day and, and what we, uh, wanted to do for team USA was the same mentality. Like we, we care about them. We want to elevate them. We want to show them that they are valuable to us. So we try to put together, you know, these little swag packs, what have you to, to treat them, to make them feel like how an athlete at a high caliber should feel. And a lot of that came from the fact, not to rag on the WDA, but like Team USA didn't even have their own water bottles yet. You know, they're seeing other countries roll up with massage therapists, crowds, towels, all this other stuff. And it's just like, man, we can't, we can't, we can't let it happen like that. So, um, before I go on a tangent now, um, I guess I just have to see for myself and, um, again, the, o- the OG and me talking, like it's, it's incredible to just have a good tournament now to have a tournament where people are dedicated to having good refs, dedicated to stepping above and beyond just a court with, with balls to trying to pamper players. Like it's, it's definitely an awesome and welcome change. And I'll, I'll say that till I'm blue in the face, but uh, let's move on to the people that stood out. And I thought this was really cool because most of these players that you listed last episode, I had never heard of. So, you know, um, 
Connor Connor you Lou Lou Connor Lou D- is yeah. he playing this uh, this time around? Uh, unfortunately, he's not. He was asked. Um, he just he couldn't make it, couldn't swing it. Uh, he does live in LA. Uh, I think just work wise as well as schedule wise, mm-hmm. he yeah. couldn't make it. But he would have been amazing uh, just as far because he's a really good no sting player. He's a really good foam player, and then he's just starting to dabble a little bit into eight point five. He'll actually, he's actually playing with me on a team uh, for the LA Classic, and so that's where uh, we'll really get to see him see you know, shine doing. and uh, stuff like that. But unfortunately, yeah, he couldn't make it this time. And then there's another player that I see that you have on the stood out, Daniel Ariano. He played for Team Mexico, and he actually hurt his shoulder um, from the foam balls. You know, it's that ball switching <laughs> right you know so and so he's gonna be out too that's a bummer but so so that's that's a perfect segue though and kind of what i was getting at so you you listed off a lot of players that ultimately became to the and i'd never heard of them before until that previous episode and then what and they just watched as the year progressed and they went and took udc and cause a yeah. huge splash themselves, including you know Daniel Ariano, who I think got MVP or, or maybe should have. I he, he got he, was... the, he got the uh, he he got MVP based off my recap, okay. <laughs> but it was everyone you know everyone collectively was like yeah Daniel Ariano yeah and he also he also won the award for the Dodgeball Tribune for Breakout Player of the Year. So. Yeah, so like it, it sounded like you had a, a pretty good um, any any like idea or at least a good basis for who's gonna come out next year or the year or during the elite year and, and do really well. And Tad DeLugo, um, my God, that guy, he's my most favorite guy in the world now. <laughs> I don't think I knew who he was before. Um, prior to that, I think maybe I talked to him briefly in March, but yeah. Yeah. Tad's just been unfortunate. He's played, he's been, he's played dodgeball for a long time and he's just been really unfortunate. Like he has, his friends are good players on good teams and those same teams have just never had a, an extra opening for him for whatever reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he, he's good friends with Ryan Morris, you know, good friends with Andrew Ketchum and even then he'll sub on Titan, he'll sub with certain, te- certain teams, but he kind of has just gotten screwed over for countless years. And, uh, this next year he might, you know, I'm pretty sure he's part of the new crisis team. And finally, he you know he'll get to be on a, a good team, and we'll get to really see how he does with the spotlight directly on him. So yeah, I think but he's you, done great at the UDC, you know, and and in every style. So yeah, if you have Tad in your lineup and you're not utilizing him, you're an idiot. But I don't think yeah. that's going to be a problem this coming year. But I just thought it was funny because you know when you, again I was listening to this episode as I've said several times already probably, but when you said Tad DeLugo, I was like, oh, I know who that is now. I know exactly that guy is awesome, hilarious to talk to, and. Yeah. Makes a great cactus, <laughs> apparently. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really sure. cool. Again, seeing all this come full full circle. But since we kind of moved into the players, um, let's just go ahead and, and get into the team. So, you said that this was several months in the making. Is that correct? Yep. So yeah. So I mean, I I, I already had targeted. Basically, I even sent out the initial invite to um, the players by saying who I had as captains. So I went out and got my captains before I even, um, you know, before I'd even invited any player besides the captain. Nice. Um, so the original captains, you know, I had, 
you know, Justin Pine. I, I basically went down through my, you know, the top 20 list of dodgeball period and just basically went off that, you know, and, and I wanted players from multiple regions. So, you know, I got Pine, you know, I originally had Justin Pine, Nate Kreider, uh, Tim Fullerton, Vince Marchbakes, Andrew Ketchum, uh, Lucas Boyle, um, Billy Schmidt. Uh, I had Matt Giovinco at one point. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Well, it's Eric Stone, uh, Ryan Morris. Um, yeah, so I had I had a, a lot of people, and it kind of ended up you know, dwindling down. Like I said, I had to lose some captains here and there. I had to end up losing Nate just last second because of, um, you know, just kind of injuring his shoulder, uh, through worlds and stuff like that. But the 12 captains we have now, the other ones I didn't mention, uh, Vaughn Kelly, um, who plays, you know, plays on outsiders. They had a phenomenal year. He is by far to me, he's the best, you know, he's, arguably the best player when you include leadership and all those other uh, skills. He's the be- he's the top player in the South right now um, when you include everything, you know, leadership and all that stuff, um, talent-wise, of course, too. But, uh, you know, and then I have Billy, who is arguably one of the best um, in the East. Uh, you know, I didn't I, – I actually asked Mike McGee, and he just preferred not to, but he's – you know, after this year, he's the best player in the East. No, no question. Um, you know, and then you still have Justin Pine, who was the best. Unfortunately, he lost Ketchum, who I would argue now is probably the best player in the West and in dodgeball in general. So we did lose him. Um, oh, he's not going. He's not going. He's not captaining. Uh, he uh, he just had to drop out. He I, I know he's focusing on work right now, um, and he's had a long dodgeball season, so. You know, unfortunately, with the timing of this, I had to I had to be very smart with it, and I also had to give myself time. And because of that, I you know, ideally, the the perfect spot would have been in in the middle, well, to the beginning or the middle of July. And I just couldn't swing it with such short notice. Um, you know, because you can't interfere with UDC and you can't interfere with Elite. But I really felt like that beginning of July, and that even then though, you're still interfering with Elite Elite uh, West. Round three was July seventh. We well, also so. do. You, do you think players would bow out of that just because they don't want to risk getting injured so close to the end? Yeah, of yeah. You know, especially especially UDC. I mean, you're pay, you're playing for twenty five thousand dollars first or twenty sorry twenty thousand dollars first place prize. So yeah, you know, you worry about that for sure. Um, so I mean, it didn't make sense this year to do it after Worlds, and unfortunately, you know, I had some really key players, Derek Johnson, who came up with the idea. He had to drop out after worlds because of his shoulder. <laughs> um, yeah, it sucked a little bit. Yeah, the suckiest part has been trying to replace these players. And, you know, uh, as you lose some of the top talent, you know, it, it overall, you lose some talent within the, the actual tournament itself, but it's fine. We have a great 72 guys got to have a great 48 women. And, there's going to be plenty of um, glory to go around. So, for sure. And then I think the biggest thing is just making sure it happens, and you just build off of next year. And all those yeah. people that couldn't make it can probably make it next time. Um, yeah. I'm trying to pull up the teams. Um, I'd probably go to the Facebook Dodgeball yeah. Tribune. I'm doing it on my phone because I don't want to have the 
blasted. Yeah, the noise. <laughs> the but I mean, we could go division by division if you want. What I think, or yeah. So yeah. we'll we'll go. Oh, I see the food spread that you stole from Alicia. <laughs> from Alicia, yep. All right, so I think I might have to. Are these in sequence, or is there like one big? Uh, it's just sequence. Okay, actually, before that, how did the draft go? How was uh, the, <laughs> speaking the draft of herding cats and getting everybody online, and you know, it was that was a, that was live, right? I, I missed it, unfortunately. Who? The, oh yes, the draft. Yeah, the draft. Yeah, it was online. It was live. I did it through Twitch, um, and it worked out pretty well. Um, it's not always easy to stream from your computer online, <laughs> so I had to figure out some little kinks there. But uh, yeah, the draft went well, and it kind of went somewhat expected. As definitely like, yeah, actually no, it didn't. I wouldn't say that. Uh, it went expected as far as logistic wise. But definitely the picks and all that stuff was definitely, uh, you know, you could see, especially when I first started it, you had an idea of how that first round went. And by the time we actually drafted, it was just great. I mean, you'd seen people who had, who had ridiculous years, like, for example, Eli Hashimoto. You know, the guy is 17 years old, 18 years old, whatever, 17, I think, and just had a phenomenal world's uh, he had basically played himself into this. Not only did he played himself onto the team as an alternate, and then he played himself into the starting lineup at, from that alternate position. So, Incredible. you know, he ended up going second overall <clears throat> to Von Kelly, who, you know, he plays with, with outsiders, but still, um, you know, so he, you know, and even Isidro Perez, um, <clears throat> I think he went third or third or fourth. So, you know, you saw these guys who kind of had meteoric rise rises throughout the year. And now, you know, you can realize, well, this is why that, that guy went. And even, you know, um, Vince Marchbanks choosing Kyle Sanders. Kyle Sander had just a fun, he came on really strong, basically at UDC. He played with metahumans and, uh, and then he had a phenomenal elite nationals. I think he played with goat for part of that. And I think he ended up leading the, he led co-ed, I think, with kills. Um, you know, they just utilized his arm. So you just had a lot of um, players that kind of uh, figured things out as the year went on, and you can see why they were drafted in the first round. Um, another player that Billy chose first round was uh, Matt Levine. Matt Levine had, you know, he played on Hazard uh, for UDC, and then at Elite he played on Space Cadets, which had their crazy run where they finished fourth in open 8.5 and that was definitely in part to Matt Levine I think he had some I, I would be surprised or I wouldn't be surprised but I bet you he had he probably led in elimination as far as catches and kills and stuff like that so he just had a phenomenal elite tournament and you can see why he went you know in the first round um, and another guy too sorry I got, a, got a, another guy Keem Nguyen who played on Outsiders, he had a phenomenal year. This guy was a nobody, basically, uh, before the year uh, started. And, and, you know, he was he was not a nobody to people in the East, but he was definitely a nobody in the people to the West. We had no idea who this guy was. Right. And this guy has an extremely strong arm, uh, you know, just a solid player. And he went first round to Glenn Spacer's team. Wow. So, you know. And another guy, Xander Simos, who 
you know, we had seen in the West, but a lot of the East hadn't seen. So uh, Brody Johnson had an amazing year. He finally made an all-star team in the West in the crazy stacked West. He was first round to Jeff Giovinco. And then uh, Sean Wheeler had an amazing year. You know, Sean Wheeler probably had, you know, if, if uh, Brick Squad had beaten Doom in the semifinals, Sean Wheeler probably would have been MVP of UDC um, over Daniel Ariano. I mean, Brick Squad had an amazing run, and a lot of that was due to Sean Wheeler. Um, we've seen him for a while now, but, you know, again. And then two other first-rounders. The last two first-rounders were Colin O'Brien and Alan Stott, and those guys are just extremely consistent. And Colin O'Brien specifically had an amazing year uh, with Dynasty. So, yeah, I mean, you can see, you, you know, going down the list, you can see, obviously, the first-rounders made sense. The second round is where it got crazy, and um, or just it, not crazy, but just interesting as to why, you know, certain people chose certain people. So, and a lot of it had to do with familiarity. You know, you saw a lot of West coast, West coast captains choosing West coast players. You saw a lot of North, North region players or captains choosing North region players. So makes sense. You know, That's what you know. Yeah. Most of the captains stuck with, you know, who they knew. And, uh, and yeah, let's talk about, everybody. let's talk about some of these teams. Cause I, I did pull it up and I'm looking at, um, Women's first, and I'm seeing team, um, sorry, Kiki, Kadana? Yep, Kadana. Kadana. She went with probably the most clutch player in all of women's dodgeball right now, and that's Leek Gorospe. Yep. Um, some definite insurance right there, and then she's yeah. got... Joanna, uh, Joanna Munoz is uh, just an extremely underrated player. I mean, uh, great corner, provides great, uh, you know, just pace, uh, pace for Invasion, and it's part of the reason why Invasion won the national championship is because obviously they had their big guns in Kate Gong, Relina Thomason, but Joanna was right there uh, holding that line. She's a very underrated corner. And then, of course, you have, you know, the most, like I said, Leek, who's arguably the most, you know, uh, clutch player, clutch woman player in all of dodgeball. So. And apparently somebody that can throw and is not afraid to, uh, to oh, fight yeah. <laughs> and not just rely on catching. Yeah, she's always looked at as her clutch catching, but you know she turned it on in the UDC and it's still amazing. Stud. Um, Rebecca Rebecca uh, Chapel. Chapel, yeah. That'd be interesting but, to see how how she mixes with. Uh, yeah, her and Jen Woodley team. from the South, and you know those are two uh, two out out region players, and and unfortunately, you know just people players, women players specifically outside of the West have a lot of uh, stuff to prove because unfortunately they just don't get a lot of opportunities to play in as many tournaments or with as many women or with as good of women, you know, as far as, you know, I mean, the whole iron sharpens iron is so true. You know, why is the West love that the best? Because <clears throat> we have the most, the best players, you know, in the best collection of players, it's no secret. We sat there and swept elite nationals, sat there and swept uh, UDC at least first and second. So it's no secret um, that the West is the best because we have the best players. And we're, we're also the best because we play. We, you, when you play the best players, you get better. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know. So it'll be definitely interesting to see people like Rebecca, Jen Woodley, um, see if they can uh, you know, just shed away the, the negative stereotypes, I guess. We'll see. And uh, Rochelle Pasquale? Yeah, she's had a great year. She's kind of jumped from team to team. I noticed, I think she, she, I think she probably started at LA Riot, and then she 
uh, subbed for Money Shot one of the rounds, and then she subbed for um, what else did she sub for? I don't know, but she's a solid player. She's from uh, Sacramento area. I guess she's West as well. Um, well, let's go on to uh, Team Cook right now. Just yeah, I mean, know, I'm, not uh, gonna, I'm not gonna give my. Oh man, I'm scrolling down. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to give my pick yet. <laughs> Let's go down to uh, Team Cook. So we got Ashley Cook, who is uh, yeah, Ashley Cook. Yeah, I mean she is you amazing, know if you, I mean, if you think about well, if you think about how these player rankings and how they were last year. I mean, I think Ashley Cook was ranked 15th or 14th. I mean, this year, based off her year, she's top two. I mean, top two player in all of dodgeball. She has just she's had an incredible year, and she's proven that she is arguably the best player in all of dodgeball for women. So, um, you know, just incredible. I mean, she won MVP at worlds. Uh, she won the showdown at elite nationals. Uh, she helped anarchy, uh, in the East win that series. Um, she's just been phenomenal and it's because of her. So, uh, that her teams have won a lot of it, you know, so, you know, that, and then, then she picks Crystal Briona's first round. Crystal has been amazing in the West. Uh, she won Rookie of the Year uh, for the Tribune uh, Awards. Um, you, know, you got Lizzie Hodair, who's been amazing for Witness, really a glue person. Nina Fiora, who is an amazing catcher and, and just one of the smartest players. Elena Meeks, Sam Girardi. Sam Girardi really helped uh, Precision uh, Challenge uh, anarchy for the for the series. I think they got they got second overall, and they did win one of the rounds. And Sham Jardy played ridiculous. So uh, they have a very a, very solid team. I want to go back to Nina and just talk about like her experience and how long she's been around, and how, what that's going to bring. Oh to yeah, this team. I mean she's part former USA player. She was an alternate this year. I mean, um, you know, she just brings ton of experience, ton of knowledge. She, I don't know if there's any woman that works harder than she does physically, you know, working out wise, all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of women, so that are working their tails off, but she's definitely at the top as well. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be a good lineup too. Um, yeah. Team, I'm always going to just butcher her name, uh, Donche. Donche. Azalia. Yeah. I mean, Azalia, you know, she took CC Innistrom, who, like another player, you know, she, she actually wasn't ranked in the top 30 because she kind of has been on and off but this year she basically showed up every every uh round and she has you know propelled herself into she's a top five player in all of dodgeball so her azalea is a top you know top five or top 10 player in all of dodgeball women's dodgeball so they're they're going to be a really solid team um you got nicole chase in there and you got nicole chase and becca alex jensen aaron gabbard I think this team will be a very strong foam team, um, specifically foam, and then we'll see how they do with the other ones. But um, I mean, I, it's hard for me to tell the women because obviously I don't play them, but I, I see them from afar, and I just you know you see a, you see the first three, first four. You know, Becca has played foam a lot. Uh, Aaron plays foam. Um, you know, so they're going to be solid for sure. Yeah, that that's and again that's that's what I'm most looking forward to is I can actually just absorb everything and just watch this and then maybe give you what I saw um wherever I'm camped out out. But moving on to Team Hots, um I'm actually really glad Emily's gonna be there because it's gonna be fun actually watching her play because obviously she wasn't activated uh for women's, but I'm I'm 
excited to see what she can bring. And then yeah, and Sam, she was Sam. You know, she her first pick was Sam uh, Samantha Greco. Who dangerous? Uh, and to be honest, uh, from my point of view, <laughs> she got screwed over and not making Team USA. She was also an alternate. She was she's a phenomenal player, great catcher, great thrower. Casey Reed uh, is very underrated. She was part of the love love tap. Part of the reason why they won the series, she's had a great year and just continues to get better. And I think she's only playing for like two years. Like she's she's going to be a really solid player coming up. Ania Gaskell, solid LA player. Um, and then they have Jackie Cruz and MJ Rios. Um, you know, again talking about ton of veteranship. Um, so we'll see how well they do. Uh, I think they're going to have a little bit of trouble just because. Uh, they they might lack a little bit in the arms uh, in the arms race so to so to speak but uh, we'll see. So let's back up real quick um, to back to Team Donche um, Alex Jensen West Coast player right? Yeah, West Coast player. She played on Fuego, and uh, yeah, she was a big part of that team um, doing well. Okay, and you know Aaron, what I mean? Yeah, oh, sorry, Aaron Gabbard. Aaron Gabbard. She actually had a phenomenal round three. She kind of has floated around a little bit, subbed here and there. But she played with Anarchy for round three for the Coed team. Was she a West she, Coast player, or she's a West Coast player? Yeah, okay. but she had uh, one or two really clutch catches for uh, Anarchy, which helped them win uh, the Coed Coed eight point five at round three, which had been dominated by Rise and Rainbows. So okay, so okay, so going to Jackie Cruz and MJ MJ Rios. MJ has been amazing. She probably honestly the best pick of the last round as far as um, just what, you know, how long she's playing her experience, her skills and ability, um, you know, solid player, Jackie Cruz. I don't know as well, uh, but she plays for ride or die and uh, she's been a solid player for them. Oh, for so we got, a, we got a North player then for Jackie. Uh, kind of. Well, no, I mean, she's from North California. Okay. Yeah. What about MJ West coast player? MJ. Yeah. She plays on trophy wives. Gotcha. Trying to get a feel for like who is the most. Yeah. Regional. And Aniha, Aniha plays for Beavers, West Coast. So, gotcha. Uh, she was a, a big arm for them. So, yeah. This team is, uh, yeah, actually, Emily is the only, she's the East region, and then they, she's got five West Coast players. So, that's going to be interesting. Um, so, let's go down to Team Kramer. Um, team Kramer. I love this team. This team is probably. Uh, they're really, really solid. This team, I think, ha- definitely has a chance to win the overall champion. Um, Brenda has turned it on. She was the breakout player of the year for Dodgeball Tribune. Uh, Tiffany Paget was a finalist for both MVP in No Sting and 8.5. She's just had an incredible year. You have Tan- Tanya Kaiser, who's had uh, a really good year, solid year. Um and uh, then you have, you know, uh, Kirsten Bell, who was top 20 player in the West. You've got Avery Snow, who kind of jumped around a little bit, but she's really, uh, she's a solid player, plays in the North, uh, plays in North, Northern California, sorry, <laughs> Northern California, uh, plays up with the Sacramento girls um, or San Jose girls and uh, solid arm. And then you got Bev Rivas, who's kind of jumped around, um, you know, cause she's, she's from the East coast, but she played with Fuego this year and um, she's a solid player too so I really like Tim Kramer um, Brenda That's... did a really good job and Brenda she literally took over the captainship I think 
two days before the draft. Uh, Paige Peterson, who's getting her nursing, uh, getting her certificate to be a nurse, uh, had a, basically a make or break final on Friday, couldn't do it. And it was like, gosh darn it. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to go through the whole thing of like, can you please captain? And oh man, Brenda is my savior. I mean, <laughs> yes. she doesn't, she doesn't back away from a challenge. She is amazing. Oh, I love Brenda. She, I love her attitude, everything. She's just great. So, man, I might, that, that might be where my vote goes. We'll see. Bev Rivas, I've heard a lot about her in several regions uh, from the South and I think also yeah. in the East. Just so. quiet. She's quietly, uh, you know, just quiet. You know, she's very quiet, but she's very solid. Um, she does things under the radar. That's what I mean by quiet. So, Yep. Um, moving on to Team London, obviously Brianna. That's Brianna, you know, got Lauren Hoffman. She, well, so Brianna stuck with her two other money shot players, besides Brenda, who's a captain, um, with Heidi Chambers and, uh, and Katie Walker, solid players. So you, basically you got half of money shot right there. And they, you know, got second at Elite Nationals this year. Got, you know, they won Elite Nationals the year before. Ton of experience. They'll do really well. They picked, you know, first round pick Lauren Hoffman, who was arguably Pop That's uh, best player at times this year. Uh, she kind of tailed off a little bit at the end of the year, but um, she had a, an impressive year, an amazing thrower, amazing catcher. Um, I say that she didn't, you know, tail off. I say that just because she – whether she tailed off or whether she kind of got screwed over, she ended up being an alternate for Team USA when, you know, maybe she should have made it. But um, she's still, she's an amazing player, top 10 player. So, um, and then you have Heidi Chu from uh, Havoc. She played Havoc, but she also played uh, Ride or Die. Um, okay. From, and so she's from, I think she's from San Jose, Sacramento area. Pretty sure. That'd be my and guess then, if she's coming yeah. from Havoc. And then uh, Alicia Ellis from the South, Weapons she, of Mass Destruction. So. She even back in the States, like, I just see Germany and Instagram, like, other nations or other countries that she's been in. Yeah, I hope she is. Otherwise, <laughs> we have to find another uh, replacement. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so she's from the South, Weapons of Mass Destruction? Yep. Yeah. And they're, they'll be they'll be really solid um, next year for the South, so. Assuming they all stay together, so that's awesome. Um, moving on to Team Rodia, and this this is where I might. Yeah, I mean, again, you got camera. you know first round, first pick Karina Mesqua. That would have been my first round pick, uh, first overall pick. Again, she's had an incredible year. Uh, her and to me, her and Ashley Cook are the top two women in dodgeball right now. So um, yeah, but pairing Rachel and Karina's yeah. throw together that that's some firepower already. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw it in the if, you know if you got to watch the stream or anything for Worlds, you saw it. I mean, those two girls dominated, you know, along with CC and Ashley Cook and uh, a couple others. But you know, they were big parts of that team. And then you then you bring on Marjan Samadi, Samadi who uh, is really smart, played with Witness. Uh, solid player. She's played on Team USA before. She's played on, you know, as an alternate. Um, so solid player. You got Sammy Barrett, who's been uh, who plays on Art Anarchy, and she's been really improving. One of the better uh, women in the East. Um, so she's been figuring things out too, and she has a good boyfriend mentor in Mike McGee. So, and then you have Ryan Johnson, who's a West Coast player. And, uh, you know, she played on Fuego 
been really good. She's always, she's been always really good. Um, she just, I think, was it two or three years ago? That's when she start, finally started playing elite or com- more competitively, but solid player. And then you got Kathy Martinez who played with outsiders and, uh, Southern glory, I think for the South. Um, but she's a great catcher, really underrated. Um, and, uh, and I think people will be a little bit surprised by her because she's solid catcher and she's uh, just a good team player. So, man, scary. And then last, but definitely not least is team Thomason with Rolina, obviously. Yeah. And she went with, uh, Merlina's, you know, Obviously, she's a top five, top ten player in all of dodgeball, women's dodgeball. She went with Katie Sanchez, so kept that invasion thing going. Um, Katie Sanchez Katie, won women's MVP for elite, right? For national. Yeah, yeah, I think she did. I think yeah, she won. No, no big deal there. Just, just a small, no small deal. little yeah. award there, <laughs> on top of yeah. that shelf of awards that probably cast a shadow on on her husband. <laughs> yep, yep. Have you seen yeah, Have you seen that picture by any chance? Which one? So there, there's a picture of uh, Katie's like trophy hall. Oh gosh, no, I haven't. And it's not just dodgeball. I think it's also maybe softball. It Probably could softball. just be dodgeball, yeah. but I mean, a lot of it is dodgeball stuff, and it's just medals and and, ter- and trophies and all this yeah. other stuff. And I think Tony well, Sanchez has like. Well, she played so long. I think she was part of. You know, she's one of the OGs, right? Oh, she definitely. Played, without a and doubt. She, you know, she played with uh, Ballbusters, I think, right? Yeah. Think Way back in the day, so. The earliest so I can. Su- no surprise there that she has ton of trophies yeah the only reason why <laughs> 2000 2009 i think is when i when i saw her for the first time yeah, yeah. but and then you have eric erica schmidt playing with them who's you know pop that's uh co-captain and just a very smart solid player um can just rally any team uh emmy zappa from fuego has had an incredible year this is basically her first year in elite, I think, for the most part, and she's just played really well. Alem Altuan, Altuan, uh, I can't pronounce it, but Alem, she's great, great thrower, West Coast player, played on Trophy Wives, and then Amanda, Amanda Natalie, and she did not play pretty much the whole year because she had an ACL. So, um, but she plays on KO, and um, this is Amanda Ashley, right? Yeah, I think her Facebook tag is Amanda Ashley, but it's Amanda Natalie. So. Do that. You think you know somebody after you're talking to them and they change their name? I know. <laughs> I was like, wait, and then I know you this have, person. Well, then but... you have some of these women who go by their first and last name on Facebook is actually their middle name. Their last name is their middle name. Samantha Ashley. There's like five Samantha Ashleys. That's awesome. <laughs> Amanda Ashley or Natalie, I'll have to talk to you about that later. But she's been amazing to help me understand the East a lot yeah. more. And it's funny. That's not funny. It's it's kind of, I don't know what the words are. I feel bad because every time I would recap with her, like, hey, how's your knee? Can you play now? No. Oh, bummer. And then I saw her at Nationals, like, oh, are you are you playing without realizing or remembering? She's still recovering. So yeah. it'd be really cool to act. It's, it's going to be cool seeing her actually get to play again um, yeah. and being able to follow her. Yeah, especially because you know she might, she probably shouldn't have been the last round pick, but or in the last round because, but she's just been injured, so kind of you have the captains not knowing what they're totally getting, but that she's could be a, solid a really good thing though for yeah, totally Thomason. So who's who would you put your money on? Yeah, I mean, I think like I said, I, I love Brenda's team. Um, I really like Brenda Kramer's team with you know Brenda, Tiffany, 
Tanya. Those three are really solid. Um, I, uh, I don't even know. I, I mean, I like there's. It's hard. I mean, I don't play women, so I'm speaking from a man's point of view. But I, I look at Brenda's team. I look at Rachel's team, Rachel Rodia, and I look at Azalea, Azalea's team, Team Donch. Donche, I think it's Donche. Ashley Cooksey. I don't know. Uh, you know, I like Ashley's team, Ashley Cook's team for no sting, probably. Um, I definitely like Brenda's team for 8.5. That's going to be a really great 8.5 team. I'm going to put Rodia for 8.5. No, just kidding. It, I'm sorry. Uh, Thomason. Thomason, that's right. Yeah. Although. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Heaven help you if you're throwing an 8.5 ball. To, to leak one of you is going down maybe two of you yeah if you group three i think i like gosh i like london's team for no sting brianna and lauren and heidi and katie yeah, that's, that's and then heidi and then alicia she's yeah team london all right that so might be, that might be no sting winner so no sting <laughs> is team london who is your 8.5 team kramer uh yeah probably team kramer and foam Now you're making me totally choose. putting you on the spot. <laughs> I'll go team Donche for film. Hmm. See. Donche for foam. Kramer for 8.5. London for no sting. And I bet you Kramer overall. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we, should put a little, we should put a little money wager to this. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, I have all these women are just gonna be mad at me. Why did you say my team? Oh, I mean the ones that you picked aren't gonna be, so <laughs> Yeah, we'll yeah. see how that goes. Uh maybe we'll talk yeah. offline about her bet. I gotta think about this some more. Yeah. But overall Don't count out Ashley Cook's team though. Ashley Cook, she's been incredible. So I was, I was gonna say Team Cook is, I didn't even say Ashley Cook, but I was gonna say Cook is overall my pick. Just looking yeah. at the versatility of this team. The only if it person, were me, if I were playing her, I would just throw like four balls at her and then lose all my balls. But at least I get her out. <laughs> if you don't, you're kind of screwed. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a risk you gotta and take. To be honest, she probably would. She probably would stay alive even getting four balls thrown at her. Somehow. Oh man, do we even want to venture into the the men's teams? Yeah, but let's do it less in depth. Yeah, so let's just go. We'll go team by team, and just you give me the first player that comes to mind because we we all we know about them. These aren't. Yeah. So, I mean, Team Bailey, um, if you're looking at that one. Yep. Team Bailey is the first one up. I think uh, there'll be a decently. I'll be, I think there'll be a surprise. But um, I think the star player, star ish player, uh, and who they should, you know, spotlight is definitely Chris Jesus. He's had a great year. And, uh, you know, he's just continually shown that he can he can hang you know he can hang for sure and he's got a lot of proof still extremely extremely young uh he's got i bet you he's probably got the hand size of michael jordan catches everything so um yeah i would definitely caution throwing against him my pick would yeah. be kevin bailey just because of whatever yeah you know it would be except it's not pinch sorry kevin but mm. it's it's not pinch you're the best player in pinch and i'll gladly give you that title 
But unfortunately, to these to this team, this team would definitely be the best pinch team. But it's there's no pinch. Oh yeah, so. uh, Mark Trippetti <laughs> pinching at me. No, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, no hard thanks. pass. Hard Don't want to see Mark. Don't want to see any of those guys throw a pinch ball at me. That would just crush me. So. All right, so let's go to Team Boyle. Um, team Boyle is probably your best no sting team. Um, you know, you got there's Tad, Trevion, Tad, Lucas. Lucas is an amazing player. You saw, I mean, if you ever questioned, well, you shouldn't have ever questioned Lucas's Lucas's ability, but um, the fact that he was the captain, not the captain, the coach of the Team USA team, um, and the fact that you watched him this year, he left Rainbows started his own team in fortune and they finished ahead of rainbows rainbows and uh finished in the top four in the insanely stacked west that should leave you no doubt that this guy knows not only knows how to put together a team but knows how to coach a team and then obviously fit in with a team um so definitely speaks to and i'm glad you said that because you pretty much said what i was gonna say about his team speaks to how important the, men- the mental aspect goes in terms of strategy, totally. in terms of understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and being able to develop that, that team chemistry and, and contribution so that everyone's doing their part and not one person's doing 90% of the throwing or the catching what have you. So that's going to be a very interesting team to see. I wonder though, with Michael Koyev on that team, I think he's just going to disrupt everything and bring that team down because that's all he does. He's a terrible person. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I, I feel for that team. Um, <laughs> It's a shame. It's a shame because you have good people like Tad DeLugo and Brett Cobble, uh, Cobble on there, and I'm, I never never met Trevin. But I think Trevion, with the exception, Trevion. Trevion, yeah, with the exception of uh, Koyev, uh they're all great people. Moving on. Oh yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, man, that, that yeah, it's going to be a good team. Yeah. I think Koyev in combine. I think he led every player in catches. Really? I can't, yeah, in foam. And that's not even his best ball. So He's probably wearing glue or out. something. Watch out. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a good team. Uh, team Fullerton. Yeah, this is the, my team. So Okay, looks uh, like Rise right half, there. Half Rise. Yeah. Half Rise. <laughs> and Eric Jones has played on Rise. I was going to say, that's uh, like... In the past. So, yeah. So uh, got some, yeah. Uh, get some speed with DeMonte. This could be fun seeing yeah. him play now. Yeah, yeah, it'll out. be cool to see what. De- I mean, Demonte is a great player. He's had a great year. Uh, you know, he's really shown that he's way more than just a catcher. He's thrown, shown off his arm. He helped lead MetaHumans, like I said, with Kyle Sander to almost an upset of Doom. Um, actually, probably not almost, but uh, he definitely challenged Doom. So uh, they're just going to be. You know, I think we have a solid team. I think we're very consistent, compl- consistent players. I think we all have team players, so we'll see. Uh, you know, that's that's all I'm willing to say about my team. But uh, well, going going back to yeah, I'm like, confident. I'm confident for sure. Going back, and you can probably speak to this. Going back to Lucas and his ability to like bring teams together. I think Tim is a great on the court coach. I could be oh, wrong, yeah. but every any the like one yeah. or two. Times I mean, I played, played with, with him. I've played with Fullerton the last two years. Uh, one of the best minds in all of dodgeball. One of the best play callers on the court. That that. I've played with a lot of people and it's just so hard to think what's the right play, what's the right call at the right time. And it's the reason why Rise has won for so many years is because of Tim, because of Tim's play calling ability in the moment. You know, you've got 10 seconds to make a call 
and he knows what to do. Um, you know, and there's just few people that can do that as well as he does. So there's a reason why his teams are always at the top and hopefully we'll be at the top yeah. as well. I would this be weekend. surprised not, not putting you on the spot cause you're on this team, but I would be surprised to see a team with Tim Fullerton on there. That's not top three from yeah. the, from the beginning. Team yep. Giovanco. Giovinco, I think this Giovinco. team is a very strong, heavy 8.5 team. Um, you know, his first three picks are extremely strong 8.5 players. Brody, Ryan Haley, probably one of the best 8.5 catchers in all of dodgeball. Sean Anderson, one of the strongest arms. Oh, he's definitely got a cannon. You know, Brody has played a ridiculous year. So they'll be really solid. You got Brian Heimel, um, you know, and then David O'Brien. So they've got a really solid crew. Um, but yeah, I think for them, I see them winning 8.5, but we'll see. Yeah. Or getting close to it. I feel like David's going to do a lot of good work. He has a very confusing, wicked throw. Yeah, definitely. Doesn't look like he's throwing at you, and then all of a sudden that ball comes right at you, and you're like, David? Now I'm walking off to the to the freaking yeah. player's queue. Team yeah. Kelly. And then Jeff, I mean, oh, yeah. sorry, so, I didn't mean to catch up. No, Jeff. you're good, you're good. Vaughn Kelly, yeah. Uh, Actually, no, what were we going to say about Jeff? Because I, I don't know him too well. So. Oh, Jeff Kelly. I'm oh, sorry, Jeff Giovinco. Jeff has, Kelly. <laughs> he's awesome. He's probably one of the quickest. I mean, he's top. He's the top. Uh, the youngest, you know, besides Mike McGee, he is, you know, the top youngest player in the East. Uh, I think he's only like twenty, something like oh that. Goodness, he's kids. He's maybe. children. Little children. He's played it for so many years because of his brothers, Matt and Drew. Um, and he's just a really solid player. I mean, uh, just got a cannon of an arm. So. And for the size he is and quick, you know, everything. So he's a solid, he's a solid captain. I know I kind of threw him under there and he, he was willing uh, to be a captain. Um, I really wanted East representation. So that was part of the reason, but right. Jeff is a solid, great East coast player and uh, you know, don't sleep on him. So that's awesome. And you know, his two twin brothers are, or his older brothers being the twins are also, one of the most notable players in dodgeball. So he's got some great mentorship yeah. to oh, yeah. to to fall on. It's in his blood. It's in his blood. It'll be fun to watch. Okay, now going on Tim Kelly. But you mentioned Vaughn unfortunately bowed well, out. So who's yeah. taking over for him? I mean, well, this is this is half, you know, we have Fullerton, which is half rise. We've got Team Kelly, which is half outsiders. outsiders. Yep. Um, you know, and then he adds a solid Casey Moses, who's, you know, top think top 10 in the West, at least last player rankings. Obviously the player rankings have changed. We can, we already know this, but still solid player, Andy Smith, uh, you know, those two bring, you know, and Casey and Andy are such huge glue guys. Um, so, you know, obviously you have, you got the big names in Vaughn and Eli and Cody and the big arms as well. And Cody and Eli, but Casey and Andy are, Clearly, no no slouches. Carlos Montoya, I don't know too much about, but he'll be all right too. He's picked for a reason. So. Did yep. you say Von Kelly's not going to make it, or he's going to make it? What do you mean? Playing? He's playing. Oh, okay. I must have misheard uh, you. I thought you said he wasn't going to make it. So. No, I think I think I said Derek Johnson. Oh, okay. My fault. Well, yes. good. I'm, I'm glad Von's going to make it. Now I can watch him meditate before a game, like I wanted yeah. to. Team Archbanks. Uh, Team Archbanks. Never heard Kyle. of Vince Archbanks before. No idea <laughs> yeah. who that guy is. <laughs> or Vince, Kyle Sander. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's a good team. Been, 
solid. Dylan Clark, love that guy. He's on my team now. Heat, him and Randy. Um, that's going to be a really solid team. I think they have a really good chance to win no sting. So we'll see. But and I love Jim. Jim is the ultimate team player. Frankie, great team player. Yeah. I don't know. I, I look at, oh, man. Jim with Vince. <laughs> they played together. We played together a few times for sure. It's gonna be interesting. Familiar. Dylan Clark Odin, terrible guy. Worse. Dylan. Worse Dylan's great. <laughs> Amazing foam player. Strong. No sting at eight point five player. So. Yeah, no, he's he's well rounded. Good player. Very well rounded. Yeah. Uh, T Miller, Anthony, pretty solid T. guy. Miller, yeah. Uh, Mike McGee. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with arguably the best player in dodgeball. He's, uh, or second best player behind Ketchum. So, and we saw it at Worlds. He's unbelievable. He is, I mean, hands down. I was going to be really mad if Anthony did not pick Mike McGee first overall. So, you got some other South guys, and he he stuck. Anthony basically went with South and East. This is half East and half South. So, that's cool. Uh, Another chance for the different regions to to step up and yeah. And Anthony was originally a West Coast player, so. Nice. There you go. Um, Josh Ty, <laughs> that guy's that guy's the best. Um, I, I, I'll be curious. I want to see how Josh does. He's he's going to be, de- you know, he's definitely made him made a name for himself in eight point five, and uh, I think I think he'll he'll actually surprise some people in no sting and foam. So we'll see. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, if if it matters, but I don't think eight point five is his his go to. I could be wrong. Oh really? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure he. I thought he started in. 8.5 with all the New York guys and uh, you know and I think he originally started you know the first time that I got introduced to him was in the Sin City way back when and he had a really solid team in 8.5 so mm. I don't know I could be wrong <laughs> yeah maybe maybe memories serve me incorrectly but that's like I said, somebody feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, yep. moving on to Team Morris, holy crap! Team Morris, yeah, this is a very, very, very strong, scary uh, 8.5 team. I would say for sure. Now, I definitely think they'll compete in everything, but uh, I could definitely see them, you know, like uh, you know, winning 8.5. We'll see. But I mean, have some really strong, strong arms. Put Brandon and Andy in the middle. With Ryan in any corner, and you're, you're yeah. Then uh, you got Dylan Fettig, you know, who sat there and still had that, you know, this is two elite nationals ago, but still had a five on one that he won against Shooters, you know, so. What's with these Dynasty guys and their five on ones? Yeah, they're just, yeah, five on ones. Yeah, that's right. D- Dylan two years ago, and then Kevin Bailey this last year. It's like a rite of passage to be on that team or something. Um, Team Pine. Team Pine, he uh he lost Cole. Uh, unfortunately, he lost Cole. He had, Cole had to bow out, and his brother Kale is going to be playing in his place. So they I, have a solid they have, they have a solid team. I think they'll be really good. Can't um, be mad at that. Kale is an amazing person. Yeah. Just kidding. Maybe I don't know. He flipped me Kale, off last time I saw Brandon, him. So went with Brandon Kelly, who's just one of the most clutch players in all of dodgeball. So miles actually that's the the funny thing. You've got Justin Pine, who's arguably one of the most clutch players in all of dodgeball. You've got Brandon Kelly, who's one of the, 
you know, arguably one of the best clutch players in all of dodgeball. I would argue Kale as well. Um, so yeah, you've got a lot of clutch factorness into that team. Playing. I've heard a lot of Cliff Ferry in the most recent episodes, so I'm curious to see what he brings to the table. Yeah, he's a solid West player for sure. And then Miles Brody, smart, Miles calculating, Brody. sneaky, very, yep. very sneaky. Um, really insanely quick release. So, yep. Team Schmidt. Team Schmidt, another really solid team. There's Matt uh, Levine that you're talking about. Matt Levine, Frank, super, super solid. Um, Frank's been playing with Doom for the last year plus. Um, Brett Baxter is now in place for Davey Blake. Oh, so, okay. uh, that was a, a pretty nice trade. Um, replacement, yeah. and yeah, they'll be they'll be solid. Trevor Nordberg, Armando Valdez, they have a lot of experience. He stuck with Anarchy for some of that, so you know you can't be mad if, uh, if you pick a Brett. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of you're like, all right, I'll be, I'm good with that. Yeah, Team Spacer. This is Kim Win that you're talking about, Kim. Kim, yeah, Kim Nguyen uh, just has a ridiculous arm. You got Anthony, who's got a solid arm and uh, ridiculous hands. You got Marcus, who's got ridiculous hands. Kelvin Costner, a great arm. He's been playing Elite and UDC. At Kelvin Cost, Cost, uh, Coaster, Coaster, Costner. Uh, well, there's no N. I misspelled. Sorry. Oh, how dare you, Kelvin? Uh, but he's you know very solid and very versatile. Uh, which a lot of people don't know that about him. Hmm. And then you got Marco, who is uh, an upcoming West Coast player, been really solid. And, uh, you know, he can play all three ball styles. So it's going to be huge. Yeah, I feel like uh, the teams that have the most versatile players, not not just cannons for rubber or can make catches for a certain ball, if you can play good dodgeball all around, that's, that's probably going to dictate who wins. Yeah, Duh, definitely. but I mean, you know, it's 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 not going to be enough to throw eighty miles an hour. Like you have to bring more yeah. to the table. Yep. And then, last but not least, Team Stone. Team Stone, yeah, he went with Isidro, who has been <laughs> you know, slowly but surely making his way into the top ten overall players. Rest in peace, anyone that throws to that guy. Yeah, ninety percent of the time. Well, not only that, but try being on the other end of a throw. I no mean, thanks. No. He's ridiculous. Rubber, maybe. Foam, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, foam, you don't even see it. It's going to the. It's going to three guys to your right, and all of a sudden, it's directly on your face. Or hooks you in the back of the kneecap. Just yeah. don't understand, but it works. Yep. And then he went with Mikey Hashimoto, who has had an incredible year. I think he was runner-up for the showdown. Uh, had uh, some awesome clutch plays in the south. Um, you know. And then you got Chris Wheeler, who, you know, has just really been solid for Brick Squad over the years and over this year. And and that, again, another team that can play, you know, Mark Acom, Scott Bronson. You got guys who can play every single ball style. So this team, you know, you know, don't sleep on this team either. So Mark Acom, he said he was going to burn your tournament down. <laughs> Are you ready for? <laughs> I that? hope so. I hope so. I love Mark. <laughs> This is this is his chance to get all his frustration out. He's gotten out. some slack, but I love Mark. Mark's <laughs> a great dude. Oh man, please card him at least once, just just for fun. We need him too. Start being nice to him. 
<laughs> I am nothing but a I know. <laughs> good dude to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I there's so many teams. Uh I'm just gonna pick mine overall. And I'm gonna go with uh Fullerton. You think Fullerton? You think my team? I'm don't putting, tell anyone. I'm putting a lot on Tim. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> because it's just just between me and you. Yeah, well, it's out. <laughs> when this when this airs, it's Friday night. People are hopefully in bed by now or on their way. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> Man, this can be exciting. Um, Should we go over who we think we're gonna win each division really quick? Yeah, if you if you want to. I, I just I, I have no idea. Um, that's uh, what I just said. Fullerton yeah. all across because of his uh, ability again, to lead a team. That yeah, I think because you have it's it's not enough to be versatile in all three divisions, but it's also can you get five players that you may not have ever played before together or played with before together? And I feel like between Lucas and Tim, I think like those two teams are going to be the ones that that make it happen. No offense to any of the other captains here, but that's going to say a lot about how these teams do. If you can rein in these other five players, if you can mix these styles, and if you can quickly analyze where your strengths are and how you're going to pick apart the other teams, I think that's going to make the biggest difference. Because everyone's already proven their worth in foam, nosing, and rubber. So, yeah. Team Fullerton, Team Boyle for me. So, yeah, those are my two, uh, like I said. But how about you? What were your thoughts? Yeah, um... I think Boyle has a very, very, very solid team. Um, I really like his team a lot. Um, I really like my team a lot, but I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> um, I mean, I could definitely see March Banks' team winning No Sting. Definitely can see uh, Schmidt's team, Morris, and Giovinco winning 8.5. We'll see though. Yeah. Don't don't count us out either. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. It's really tough. I have no idea how teams are going to play. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's what you want though. You, you want it yeah. to be undecided. Any man's game. Any 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 man. And I probably game. see Stone's team winning foam. You got two guys who know. They're just everything there is to know it. about foam. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's uh. Definitely uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke um, in terms of like how you've developed this, how it's matched your vision. Uh, one thing I kind of teased, and I don't know how much we want to go in depth about this, but um, what I see happening is slowly laying the groundwork for a Hall of Fame. And I know that we kind of talked about this um, in the past. Um, all I want to say to that is stay tuned, unless you have anything you want to say, maybe. Sorry, so that you you only have. All I want to say about the uh, the Hall of Fame is just to stay tuned because I think stay tuned. Yeah, there. Yeah, there needs to be a Hall of Fame. I mean, this is a sport. Um, there needs to be a legitimate Hall of Fame, one where a certain somebody doesn't just say they're part of. They're in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, someone. Uh... Certain someone has already said that he's in the Hall of Fame, and apparently he's the only one in. But um, no, yeah, there needs to be a Hall of Fame. And, you know, it needs to be similar to how other sports do it, which who, who does the Hall of Fames in other sports? It's the media and it's former players. Uh, right now in such a sport where we're in the infancy of it, um, 
we've got to rely on the media people, which happen to be myself, yourself, and uh, you know other people that we've put around us or will will put us around us. And so, um, but yeah, there needs to be a Hall of Fame, and there needs to be some former inductee, you know, prior inductees and stuff like that. And uh, we'll just see how it grows, how it goes from there. But um, yeah, it's a necessity because this is a sport, and people need to be recognized and not only for how great of players they were, but what they did for the sport. That's if you look at every hall of fame, that's what um, hall of fames are about is, you know, who are the best players and who are the people that progressed it the most or progressed it to a certain point, you know, and those people are in the hall of fame and that they can, no one can ever take that away from them. So that, that right there, no one can ever take that away from, from you. I, I love that. I'm all for it. Um, that's what I said earlier. You know, the ranking system gets a lot of flack. Some of your articles get a lot of flack. But as far as I know, you're the one that's doing it. And people can contribute. And I know many have. And it's in its infancy in itself. So as it develops, as it progresses, as this podcast develops and progresses, I just I look forward to seeing, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, going back to what we put together and just seeing it thrive and, and seeing it far more surpassing what it is now and it's all about that legacy. So I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to this weekend. And yeah, um, yeah I guess we'll just leave it at that. And uh, cool. we'll probably reconnect during the event and definitely for the recap. So we'll just go yep. ahead and uh, end the conversation there. Alrighty, so that was a, uh, a pre-cap, probably a very thorough one, but I'm totally fine with that, of the, I guess we can call it the second annual Dodgeball Tribune, uh, this one being the Invitational. And the draft, which is really exciting because, uh, as you can tell, if you've listened this far, we went through pretty much every single player and team that's going to be there. And this is by far a very hand-picked, select, almost want to say best of the best uh, players uh, competing for the the cash prize and the glory and just a chance to play dodgeball yet again in, in wake of, you know, elite and worlds being done. And short of jinxing myself, still want to say I cannot wait to be there to actually watch some good dodgeball. That being said, um, I would love to interview people in between the events. If you listen to any of the most recent recaps, primarily the Bells of the Ball recap, as well as the Elite Nationals, uh, I think that was one of my most favorite episodes, which is being able to talk to people in the middle of the, the event as it's going on and getting that energy captured and being able to produce that as part of the recap uh, process or series or whatever you want to call it. And honestly, I can think of no better way to end season two with the 50th episode being kind of a circular capture of the Tribune, um, because that's kind of what helped me really start to establish the flow and what I wanted to to do with the podcast overall. I can interview people all day long, every day, every episode, no problem. But I also really appreciated the opportunity to get to meet new people bring together panels, talk to the people in other regions, and cover the significant events that took place this past year. And um, I'm more than happy to do again. And also based on this, the you know the feedback from the service I've got, doing it with other people, um, and just, just seeing how we can cover the glorious, wonderful awesomeness of dodgeball that's taking place for, for 2019. That being said, even though this season formally concludes with this series, um, I'm still planning on covering the LA Classic if time permits, being that it's the holidays and I just need some time to, I don't know, not podcast, but also do want to finish the part three of the OG panel. So there's some episodes that might come 
uh, after this is released in its entirety, which would be, you know, I think the next week would be the following uh, episodes two and three, or parts two and three rather. But uh, we'll see. Um, again, this is a, this is something I do for fun. It's a hobby. It's a passion. Love doing it. So don't be surprised or mad if there's a couple of outlier episodes in between now and season three uh, next year. But that all being said, if you want to be interviewed, going back to that little tangent. Uh, let me know. I will probably camp out in a booth. I'll try to find people, but if you really want to be interviewed and, and I suggest doing so, uh, hit me up and we'll coordinate times. That way I don't miss you because there's so many people I did not get a chance to talk to during Elite Nationals. And I feel like now that I'm not playing or refing, I can make up for that. So if uh, if you're listening and you're playing tomorrow, I guess depending on when this ends, good luck. Stretch out, drink water, hydrate, have fun, and we'll catch you in the uh, coming episodes. Give me my password. What are you trying to log into? I dodgeballblog.com. I haven't uh, used this thing in forever, so. And forgot password's not doing anything for me.